feel like each time we do this, we get worse at it. <laughs> yeah, it might. It might just be mental states. Well, that is fair, but I feel like we started real strong, and now we're like, I like I can't even think of a of a metaphor of what we are. That's how bad it is. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. Yeah. That was a debacle, but we figured it out. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. there, I think. We're here. Watch, watch this be an, an editing just absolute nightmare. I just turned my gain down a little bit. Um, I did as well because you made me feel self-conscious about it. <laughs> I laughed one time and it peaked and I was like, oh, no. You're like, I plan on laughing a lot. Can't have that. This is going to be funny. This is a satire. Apparently it's not. It is. That's what I read. I did <laughs> from, I did research. Uh, okay. I said 27 interesting facts about network from Welcome to a Film School. Um, my name's Tyler. Uh, this is Courtney. Um, Hello. We are co-hosts on this podcast that you're listening to right now. It's called Film School. Uh, 27 interesting and fascinating facts about network. And were they fascinating and interesting? No, they were. It was a lot of just like, here's what happened at the Oscars. There was what's one that the, uh, the guy who what's played. What's the source? This is we're getting our information from tonsoffacts.com. Oh, that sounds legit, Tyler. <laughs> Reputable. <laughs> um, director Sidney Lumet and screenwriter Patty Chayefsky claimed that the movie wasn't meant to be a satire but a reflection on what was really happening it's a satire i i fully it's disagree. a it's, <laughs> it's, it's a, a satire. yeah <laughs> it's it's um it's a black mirror episode just really long yeah kind of i don't watch black mirror it's like what the the basic concept is like what could go wrong if we keep going down the path that we're going down yeah, and that culminated in 2016. Actually, no, that culminated yeah. on January 6th, 2021. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is just Hannity. Like, this is just what Hannity is. Yeah, it's a real Alex Jones vibe. Yeah. Well, yeah, it. that's it. That's an even better example for sure because he's like, I was going to say this is like a, like an exaggerated version of Hannity and that's just what Alex Jones is. So yeah, it feels like Alex Jones mixed with like like a televangelist. Yes, you know? definitely. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, but if you didn't know, the movie we're talking about is called Network. Yep. Yeah. Um, Network uh, came out in 1976. And before we get to any other fun facts, we, the aspect ratio. My God, why, 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 why was it full screen? Why was it sixteen by nine? It was the seventies, man. It, this movie is, is so seventies. <laughs> it it really is. It looked kind of terrible on my four K monitor. I watched Stop it on bragging. my computer monitor alone, um, with headphones on, <laughs> so no one could hear me. Um, alone, you sounded so sad. <laughs> Um, but it, it was the whole screen and I was like, why is that, why am I watching a television show right now? This is weird. 
not even there like the tv because like oh it's a tv show again but it's not that tv wasn't shot in that aspect ratio back then it was still four by three i don't i can't weird. answer this it was very weird i didn't i didn't care for it one bit but yeah just had to get that off my chest real quick but pretty simple budget three 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 point eight million yeah but three point eight million in 1976 yeah that's true that's, that's and not a, a lot of cg <laughs> no <laughs> not a lot of no no um but it made 23 million 23.6 i should say 23 let's give it to him 23.7 23.7 let's finally give it at work what it deserves 23.7 million dollars at the worldwide box office um it's two hours and one minute long i looked at the time code at like a third of the way through and i was like Woof. yeah the beginning is slow the, i um, think the whole movie is slow i think the beginning's slow um i did think it was long Wow, Tyler's already so anti this movie, and now I just feel like <laughs> no, I just feel the need to fight. To, you no. know, okay. So I Tyler's was thinking about it because since Tyler's a- uh, con, I'm going pro, and we're just gonna have a fight <laughs> to the death. And I, you know, I'll win. It's got to be programmed. It's got to be entertainment, baby. You know what I mean? We gotta, Hell we gotta get those yeah, viewership. Baby. We gotta get those those shares. At thirty share, we're gonna get thirty share on this podcast they do talk about numbers a lot i didn't understand it <laughs> what is they're a talking mean? about ratings i think it's a share of the audience like the um, like of the people watching at that time how what percentage is watching that show that could be wrong but that's what i think they mean that would make sense so, and then i have like just no sense of what rating means uh, um really. i think like one point whatever i it's like um like millions and stuff like so is it one to one like one point i think so on the rating scale is one million viewers i think so oh interesting because at one point they're like we have we had like a 15 point reading that's 50 million by like next week we can have 16 mm. Mm. this could be wrong and it's if funny it is that wrong, we didn't learn this in school don't tell me don't let me know i don't care <laughs> Yeah, I feel like uh, that is what it is because I did do something with ratings once, and that makes sense to me. But they really get into the ratings a lot when it's not like necessarily important to the story. Like they could just be like, "We will have," even if they would have just said like sixty million people. Like that's a way more understandable like um, figure for people watching than like a fifteen point rating bump, and we got the this whatever in the rate. Yeah, they were really getting into the jargon of it all yeah yeah (laughs) um but yeah i thought it was long um i was so i watched this movie last night instead of you know we've been watching them like right before the podcast i know that's what you did but the sirens are on our end coming to arrest you (laughs) they're coming for me (laughs) for shitting on network so yeah (laughs) um so I had time to think about it, and my, you know, uh, thesis statement is: I thought it was boring, but I think I liked it. 
I feel like, to be honest, though, for people in general, and specifically for you, and I don't, I don't mean to <laughs> insult you in any way, but I am thinking through my statement, and I might, and I don't mean it, but I feel like, <laughs> specifically for you, that's, like, really high praise for an older movie like this. Oh. Like a 60s, yeah. 70s movie. Yeah, you could be right. Because you, sure. I think you are more into, like, you know effects and all of that stuff yeah oh my god it was not yeah that maybe that's why i felt it was boring because it was visually pretty stale I and it is and it is kind of a straight drama yeah which is something i uh like um because i think it's really well written but yeah for sure i was watching it being like i don't think tyler's gonna love this so i can under so i think you saying that you <laughs> liked it but thought it was boring is like the best i could hope for <laughs> sure right all right <laughs> um yeah i thought like the writing like you said especially a lot of the dialogue was super interesting um especially between faye dunaway's character and uh, max uh I, yeah i William wrote Holden. i wrote down a lot of the quotes they say a lot of like like soul crushing things to each other yeah i was like yeah <laughs> At one point, he said he he was just dunking on her, like I know. <laughs> just straight up insulting her. And then he's like, "I love you," and then kissed her, and then left. <laughs> I was like, Literally, "Jesus!" She that says is... some, yeah, their final fight. She says like some mean things to him, <laughs> and he's just like, "Let me just annihilate you and turn you into dust." And he just like shits all of her, and is like, "You um, are incapable of love," and like, yes. She says, and at one point she says, then don't, then don't leave. Like, she has this, like, it's finally, like, such a beautiful moment for her character who only cares about business to be like, you're right, I, I am alone and I do need you. And he goes, well, it's too late for that. <laughs> yeah. And this and asshole, so... Uh, so I know, like, Max is supposed to be the good guy of this movie because who, oh, God, I'm gonna miscredit someone with this idea. But um, someone recently, I think on social media, was talking about uh, what they think a dad movie is. Mm -hmm. And a dad movie is any movie where the main character, and the main character here sort of being Max. I think he's the audience gets... surrogate. I think he's our protagonist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also think, I think Diana might be the main character. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's kind of ambiguous in that mm -hmm. way. But so... A dad movie is any movie that where the protagonist or main character uh, gets told he's wrong, everything goes wrong, and then in the end, he's right. <laughs> that's a dad movie. Yeah, that makes sense, because that's how dads see the world. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think this is more like, like, a, like a grandpa movie or like... Um, like, I imagine that Aaron Sorkin used to watch this movie every night before bed, and he was just like, technology's <laughs> coming to ruin us. <laughs> um, yeah. And then he wrote The Social Network and uh, Steve Jobs about yeah. how technology ruins people. Um, yeah. That's not what those movies are about, but I think that's, I do think that's Aaron Sorkin's view. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, that makes sense. Yeah, so I, I'll have to find who actually said that because someone that's very might have been. It's very it's a great way to like look at 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 or at 
those kinds of movies. And uh, God, I'll have to like put it in show notes or something when I find it. Who said that? Yeah, this does feel kind of like a like a um, like a grandpa movie, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, yeah. Now it would be because it is just kind of like it could, like you said, um, Black Mirror ish, but it's like TV rotten, <laughs> like uh, rotting the minds of other youth and blah 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 yeah. blah. Well, and all the main characters who we're following are old men. Well, the the main two, I guess, and then and then Diana's kind of the. Uh, the young blood yeah for sure so so it's old for the 70s so it's it is it is a grandpa movie because (laughs) they're all two generations back for sure for sure um rated r yeah lots of fucks the first fuck is lots of fucks in the same sentence yeah well yeah uh the first fuck is uh in the same sentence as the word disney (laughs) Ooh, that they couldn't get away with that right now. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. They also I... said, like, they also like worked at a CBS uh, station, and they mentioned like Fox and ABC. And this movie was made by MGM, so I don't know how that works legally. Yeah, I wonder if like CBS let them film there, but they didn't mention CBS because they call it UBS. Oh, uh, yeah. I they was also just like they mentioned they like were... NBC has all the ratings, which oh yeah. boy of the tables turned. Um, <laughs> but yeah, because they're mention they're mentioning real what like um, yeah. news things, which is funny because there's this other movie that came out in like 2011. It's a rom com and it's with Rachel McAdams and it's called Morning Glory, and um, I really like it. It's written by the same woman who wrote The Devil Wears Prada. Um, Eileen oh. Brosh McKenna. Nice. And it's a like about a news producer who's like doing a morning show and Harrison Ford's this really serious news anchor and she has to convince him to be like bubbly on the morning news and he's just like mad about it. It's great. Everyone should watch it. But they're at Harrison um, Ford, that sounds like perfect casting for him. It's so it is and um Diane Keaton is like his morning anchor, like Kathy Lee Gifford type, and she's like all bubbly. And he's just like, this isn't news. Um, meh, meh, meh. Meh, meh. But two things about that movie is that it's the station they're on is IBS. Um, oh. <laughs> I, but I wonder if they it's because they shot at CBS and then they can cover it. Sure. But they um, could have put, there's 25 more letters. I agree. <laughs> um, but the other thing is in that movie, one of the lines is, People have been debating news versus entertainment for years. Your side lost. Talking to Harrison Ford. Whoa. So I think it's yeah. a very... I, I think I've seen a few movies where that's kind of been the... um, Like... Thesis of it. Because I also think you could consider like Anchorman. Like this idea of like 24-hour <laughs> news. And how it does become yeah. entertainment. It, it, is, it is for that. Right. This is definitely the more serious version of it um yeah yeah we already mentioned uh sydney lumet uh directed it sydney's a guy Mm -hmm. but yeah he uh he directed 12 angry men yeah uh dog day afternoon never heard of that one murder on the orient express the the original original one yeah uh before the devil knows you're dead 
Yeah, that came which... out in 2007. It had like Philip Seymour Hoffman Ooh. in it and like Ethan Hawke in it. Ooh. Ooh. I, it, I, I like both those actors and I love Ooh. that title. Ooh. All right. That's something to check out. Um, But this one, this one. Oh, well, uh, have you seen any of the others by I've uh, seen Mr. Sidney? 12 Angry Men. Okay. I have not. I know that's one I should see. So here's the thing, and I'll get into why I picked this movie. Sidney Lumet is, um, because I've just been anxiously waiting for you to ask me. Uh, (laughs) Sidney Lumet was known for being really good at getting great performances out of actors. That's kind of what it became famous for. The reason you watch this movie is for the acting. Um, Yeah. And a little bit for the writing. Uh, the It's like a really well-written script, but also I think I have only seen this movie one other time in a film class. Okay. But I have seen the clip where he first goes crazy on the news and starts screaming like, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it mm. anymore in almost every film class I've ever taken <laughs> as an example yeah. of acting. <laughs> yeah, the... I thought Faye Dunaway and William Holden did are insane jobs as well. Yeah, and Peter Finch is awesome in this movie. Yeah, I don't think so. I know Faye Dunaway is obviously um, Bonnie, Bonnie and Clyde, or and more famously, uh, ruined the La La, La, La Land, Land. <laughs> the La, La Land Best Picture <laughs> incident. That's that we. I had a thread. I love that a lot of the time we have like a through line. Yeah, through through yeah. each episode. Faye Dunaway obviously knew her. Um, William Holden looked familiar. Yes, also that, and the the like softness of the film that they used really uh, made her like, like she looked like a angel, she looked like a doll, you know? Yeah, yeah. Nothing really helped William Holden. <laughs> <laughs> he's old. That, Which, that, by the way, that's, that's like his whole character is them just being like he's old. Um, he yeah. was also in uh, Sunset Boulevard. Um okay. and towering inferno. Ooh, ooh, spicy. Spicy. Um. Uh, Robert Duvall, who plays Frank Hackett, the the corporate guy. Mm-hmm. Any relation to Shelley? Oh, I don't know. I don't. I uh, that just popped into my brain when I was when I was looking at the credits. He um, was in The Godfather. Oh. Ooh. Apocalypse Now. Ooh. Robert Duvall is a veteran actor and director. He was born on January 5th, 1931, San Diego. Seafull uh, bio. Let's see. Let's see. I guess it would probably be more likely to be in Shelley Duvall's bio who is Shelley Duvall am I dumb uh she's the big-eyed lady from um The Shining oh yeah let me let me do a quick Shelley Duvall search Shelley Duvall (laughs) let me do a quick Shelley Duvall search (laughs) uh Shelley Alexis Duvall was born in Fort Worth Texas so I'm gonna go with no Bobby Ruth and Robert Richardson Duvall, a, law- a lawyer. 
Wait. What? <laughs> Robert Richardson Duvall. Okay, wait. Now let's go back to Robert Sheldon Duvall. Oh my god. <laughs> That's crazy. So no, he is not Shelley Duvall's father, but her father was named Robert Duvall. Huh. Super weird. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Wesley Addy played Nelson Cheney. Who's this guy? I forget. Honest, he's the um, he's the uh, um, he's one the, of the super corporate guy. He's the one that Max is like. We've been friends thirty years, and you told me this new place wasn't gonna take over, and it did. And like, he fires Max for the first time. Really? Really early in the movie, I thought... he fires Max, and he's like, he's like, you threw a hissy fit. No, that's that's the one with the bald head. This guy has a full head of hair. No, that's the that's the white-haired guy. Bald head is the um comes later. Oh. This this is the guy oh who boy. dies with a heart attack. Wesley Addy. No, look at his picture. It's the other guy. Yeah, no, I am looking at his picture. I'm right. What? He had the white hair. Yeah, but like a full head. Yes. Of white hair. Yes. I'm freaking out, dude. I thought the head I thought the guy who had a heart attack was the was the bald guy. No, he's in there throughout the whole movie. He's the one that shows up and is like is like Not uh, the younger bald guy, the super old bald guy. What do you mean super old bald guy? What are you talking about? I don't I'm <laughs> Okay, okay. Okay. Robert Duvall is the one who um when Faye Dunaway He's young a little younger. A little, but he's the one when Fade On Way first goes to Max and is like, make this deal with me or let's just date. The next day, she has already gone to Robert Duvall, who's like, uh, I'm going with her plan. You're fired. Yeah. And, and doesn't isn't that when Max says, fuck you? Yes. Yeah. OK, so I know that guy. That guy for sure. I'm locked in. We okay. got Robert Duvall is Frank Hackett. That's the guy. OK. Wesley so Addy. Then- is the guy who, in the beginning, when they have the meeting with the shareholders, announces that they're going to um, fuck up the news division. And then the next night, Max lets um, Howard go on the air and say that all of this is bullshit. And then Addie, Wesley Addy fires Max. And says it was an immature thing to do? The, yeah. You know, you, you if you would have just let us do the meeting on Monday morning... Yes. I think that's a different guy. It's not. And then that's the guy who they say has a heart attack. Oh, my. This must be so boring for listeners who actually understood the movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will say this... one of the notes I wrote down, which I have written in every older movie we've done, is that old white men all look the same. And it is very hard to distinguish them. well especially when they've got the um the balding hair but they've still this got guy the thing that goes balding. around the sides no i know well yeah i'm still not okay <laughs> maybe there's like a bernstein bears thing going on um oscars this won four oscars wow this movie won four Oscars, but was nominated for 10. Okay. Another? Boy, lots of Oscars. 
Yeah. So it won Best Actor in a Leading Role for Peter Finch, um, Best Actress in a Leading Role for Faye Dunaway, Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Beatrice Strait, who I forgot to put on the cast list, um, <laughs> Best Writing uh, Screenplay Written, uh, Best Original Screenplay. They keep changing mm. the names. It makes them confusing. Best Original <laughs> Screenplay for Patty Chayefsky. It was nominated for Best Picture. Um, Best Actor in a Leading Role for William Holden. Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Ned Beatty. Best Director, Sidney Lumet. Best Cinematography, Owen Roisman. And Best Film Editing, Alan Heim. Heim. Nice. Yeah, but the note for the Best Actor, Peter Finch, who was um, uh, Howard Beale, was that the he was nominated and won the Oscar uh, after he had passed, and he was the first posthumously. He was the first posthumous Oscar winner ever. That's crazy. In an acting uh, category, I think. That's so sad. Um, so was this his last role then? No, he had just finished another movie that was his final. Oh. Yeah. Um, crazy though, he died in the Beverly Hills Hotel. Which is where a lot of famous people have died. Oh my! That's where maybe he Houston got died. assassinated. No, he had a heart attack. Um, oh okay. But so it was just a where... really good assassin. Oh god! No trace. <laughs> Sorry, no I'm can... glorifying violence. This movie told me not to do that. Not to um. Like you can't see Tyler, but after he said that, his look was like I'm just saying. <laughs> just who, who knows so imagine that that gesture because that's what he was because <laughs> it was delightful uh we also uh forgot to say rotten tomatoes scored 91 percent. yeah we're finally doing good another movies. 90 plus heck yeah <laughs> um so courtney Tyler. I know we already got into it a little, but why'd you pick this movie? I already told you. But uh, <laughs> for the acting <laughs> and the writing, I have literally yeah. seen that scene, seen that scene, seen that scene. I've seen the scene where he does the like. I'm angry, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore in in almost every film class I've been in. It's like a, a really influential scene in movie history, and you you had to watch it, Tyler. I don't, I don't care about your complaints. You have to do it. <laughs> uh, the acting from uh, Peter Finch in that scene is very good. But, man, the other people who, like, you, who they scream cut it? to, like... <laughs> Yeah, I also was like, these people, that's how they got their SAG cards that day. It was just a friend of the director who needed work. Yeah, I agree. I think. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Um, what's funny even, is that even I Even Max's I, daughter was like, ooh. I've seen that um, scene so many times. And the first time I watched this movie, I was shocked because I thought that occurred at the end of the movie. And it occurs in the mm. middle. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy, which is also where I think the movie like picks up and gets good. Um, yeah, 
I (laughs) this movie I don't love a voiceover Um, I really don't love this voiceover yeah no yeah bookends the movie just how we don't like it (laughs) well it's also just like um if it like doesn't I don't think it adds anything sure I don't think we'd be confused without it I don't think it's funny so it's like why why do we we don't need it yeah agreed and it gave, it gave me a little like a uh, Shawshank Redemption, like Morgan Freeman, <laughs> like at the end of like <laughs> the last line is uh, Howard Beale was the first man to ever be killed for low ratings, which is kind, which is like a joke, I think. And it is, I did laugh when <laughs> yeah. they said it. I was like, that's kind of funny. I was like, <laughs> it's like this whole movie was a weird sketch, but um, it gave me, <laughs> it gave me a lot of like Andy Dufresne walked through twelve miles of shit sort of Andy vibe. Dufresne Andy Dufresne yeah <laughs> all I can think of is the the family guy parody <laughs> Andy Dufresne because it's Cleveland yeah <sighs> good lord um one of the first things I wrote down was President Ford had two assassination attempts yeah I found that crazy oh my god crazy and also like not surprising I guess Sure, but because man, he was, the 70s were nuts. Because he was Nixon's VP, so I'm, I am not surprised that people <laughs> were going at him. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I really was like, wow, they're really like bringing up Patty Hearst so much. Patty, Patty Hearst? Mm-hmm. Who, who's that? Okay. So I'm pretty sure I know who, who Patty Hearst is, and I'm going to say it. And again, if I'm wrong, <laughs> please don't tell me. But Patty Hearst was... I was born 20 years later. Okay, she was the uh, granddaughter, I think, of... Okay, so William Randolph Hearst. Um, media conglomerate guy, um, you know, publishing guy, whatever. He's sure. who yeah. apparently um, uh, Citizen Kane is based off of. So oh. that's that's Patty Hearst's grandfather. So she is okay. like an heiress, essentially. And right. she was kidnapped by some like crazy organization which is oh, why they keep talking yes. about that and they're like well it's not the organization that kidnapped patty Hearst. it's a different one but it's similar some like liberation army thing and yes they like couldn't find her for a while and there was like like um ransom and all of that shit but then she eventually she like uh i guess uh, kind of had stockholm syndrome and then, like, she joined of, them. Yeah, she joined her captors, and um, it was like a huge deal. Yeah, it was a huge news story. Mm. So, uh, is is there's no movie made about her? Um, there's a bunch. I can't believe there's not already a. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but this would have been like made right when 
the Patty Hearst thing right after. It was oh, happening. okay, yeah, or yeah. Right before, like dirt, like really, like soon after. But I think it was like one of those media sensations that everyone was like obsessed with what mm-hmm. was happening. And I think it went on for a long time. So like I think she was kidnapped in like the mid seventies, and then like not, like no one really she knew didn't what turn was up going again on. Until- yeah, and yeah. people were just like, "Where's Patty?" Like it was a huge deal, right? So it, but it was like they do mention it a bunch in this movie. Yeah, yeah, and they kind of have a a similar story with that girl because she did join the the fictitious uh, version of this story. Well, uh, she joined that Liberation Army too, because we see yeah. her later on. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, so you know the scene mm-hmm. where they're kind of dealing with the first instance of Peter Finch's character going off on air when and he they're says all I'm in gonna... a room and when he says I'm gonna yeah when kill he says myself. he's gonna kill myself yeah yeah um. They're all dealing with it. This is afterwards. This isn't like during. Mm-hmm. This is afterwards. And they're all, it's a bunch of white dudes in a room and they're all in suits. And then this one guy comes in in a tuxedo. You're like, who's <laughs> this guy? I didn't notice that. And I immediately wrote down, why are you wearing a tuxedo? And I, it's after 6 11. <laughs> I'm not a. Oh, I'm not a farmer. <laughs> I'm not a farmer. <laughs> That's all I could think of. <laughs> that that scene was really um cuz they uh, don't explain the tuxedo at all. No, that scene was really funny though because like no one was paying attention. Like <laughs> yeah. I think Yeah. It it's so weird cuz I was thinking after I finished it I was like was there a clear arc of him going crazy? You know, of him, you know, kind of having a like a break and losing it and i guess if you take that first scene as serious which i didn't Mm -hmm. i took it as like like a joke because it is you know Mm -hmm. there are parts of it that are funny but i think you're supposed to take it as he means this oh yeah and and i think i didn't i thought he was just trying to like fuck Uh with people and so like no one's listening to me anyway i'm gonna say some crazy right right because the night before he had gone out with Max and they were like, ha ha ha, we could sell tickets, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And so the, putting it, though, I think in the correct context of he means it, if they let him, he would. I yeah. think that his, you know, sort of psychosis is a clear arc and does make sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, we get that in the voiceover <laughs> uh, where it's like, the what what's the character's name what is peter finch's character howard beale howard howard beale uh howard beale uh just lost his wife uh you know his his, 30 uh, years yeah he's he's getting fired tomorrow his ratings are going way down yeah Yeah. the essential the the voiceovers like this guy is shit out of luck right but even that doesn't say like this guy has lost his mind you know, that doesn't come <laughs> <Yeah>. to all. <laughs> Later, but there is something funny about that first scene because no one is paying attention to him. And he says, I'm going, he says, I'm going to blow my brains out. And the two yeah, except for the producers, one girl. 
No, one guy, I think. Oh, he... he... No, you're right. Actually, it's it's the one woman who's sitting there. It's like there's like three producers. Yeah, with the glasses. Yeah, yeah. And two of them are just laughing and talking to each other because they're like, it's a new show. Yeah. They don't have to do that much. And she's like, uh, he just said he was going to blow his brains out. Like, he's, he said that. No one no one cut away. They're like, what? <laughs> and then someone runs in and is like, he just said. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they like tackle him on air, essentially. Yeah, that was like. That, that was, was funny because it was like they they were trying to like cover up the situation, but they made it way worse by like dragging him off the the thing. Off yeah, the literally set. kicking and screaming. Yeah, and then we'll be right yeah. back. Like technical don't difficulties. don't adjust your screens. Yeah, and then the next time, <laughs> well, and then um, is it? Max, who says, who lets him go back on air? Max is definitely against it. No, the second time just says to say goodbye. So oh, all of this happens, the... and they're like, "Bye, <laughs> you are fired." Yeah. Also, we're gonna we're changing the whole news division. Yes. Um, the guy who lets him go on for a farewell is the guy who I thought was a bald, uh, white-haired guy, and who was apparently not. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he goes on to say goodbye, uh, and instead just goes, "The world is bullshit. Everything <laughs> this is all bullshit." But Max has come down to the control room on purpose ahead of time, t- so that he could respond and be like, "No, keep him on the air." Yeah. Yes. Oh, also, I forgot in the first when he's like freaking out, they have like a like a floor producer, like a floor director. Uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> like they're they're like going into their head their headset and, and they're like what the fuck's going on and he leans and he goes they want to know what the fuck's going on howard like really like, yeah <laughs> does it so straight it's so funny yeah that was a really good hey howard they want to know what the fuck's going on uh <laughs> um there's a there's another moment that i thought was hilarious uh when the first time they like let him on on purpose um Mm -hmm. he gets up out of his chair because it's when he's saying i'm mad as hell yeah and he just starts walking around the set yeah and uh they're like just follow him just follow him on the on the comms and there's this one poor guy (laughs) who has to like make sure that the the microphone cord isn't gonna get snagged on anything so he's just like, oh, oh, ah, like trying to follow him and not like, <laughs> like weave this cord through different like parts of the set and stuff. And I, th- it was just very funny. And then the, the, um, the director is telling him like, no, 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 stay, stay, keep staying. And then he's just not like paying attention at all. It's very funny because right. they're trying to like wrap. It's like they're trying to like wrangle him. <laughs> yeah. Well, in. Like, Faye Dunaway's, like, I always find her character in the beginning, like, hard to pin down, like, what she's doing. Like, they don't make it very clear. She's just, like, um, she's, like, the, she, she's the TV pro, like, head of TV programming. So she's, like, getting pitch scripts. Yeah. And, and all of that stuff. But she's, like, no, no. We can make news the biggest show on this network. All we need is, yeah. is a like um what do they call them 
I wrote it down. Oh, an angry man denouncing the hypocrisy of our times. That's why they keep <laughs> yeah. referring to Howard. And he says, I want to be an angry mm-hmm. man. Denouncing the hypocrisy of our times. Denouncing the hypocrisy of our times. Yeah. Um, do you, is Faye Dunaway, it, she's the villain, right? Um, or at least the antagonist. I I guess I don't know because I don't think she has, like. Hmm. Hmm. Because she's the one think, actively making the bad things happen. I think she might be, the like, trickster. Um. Yeah. You'd you'd call it in, in story terms of like. You think she's good, but she's actually bad, or she puts on one way and then is another way. I think she's actually like starts off with like yeah, not not like malintention, and then it turns into. I think the end is supposed to be like they all. The only way to not be corrupt is to get out. Like they're all corrupt by the like power that they got and the like ratings. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah, all the corporate guys are evil. Um, right. But yeah, the first thing I wrote was, um, or the first thing I wrote about uh, Diana was, oh, I like the blonde lady, although she's probably the villain. <laughs> yeah, she was cool but at the she... beginning. She she got annoying because <laughs> all she wanted to talk about was like ratings and shit. Yeah, and they made it yeah. very apparent in the the one sex scene. <laughs> oh, the, like the first one where the, she, that guy is is kissing her, and she's like, stop that. I'm a businesswoman. No, 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 no. The one with to talk about. Yeah, that one was funny. But the no, the one with Max, where she literally, she's the only one talking in the scene, and she's just talking about like what's going on at work. Right. Like there was part of me that was like, is this movie a little like um, anti-women in power positions? Because I don't think it is necessarily, but I no, think it has that I mean, like. Like, um, there's a thing, I don't know, kind of like demonizing ambitious women, which, um, it's like, like if you watch any Lifetime or Hallmark Christmas movie, (laughs) the, the main flaw with the, uh, protagonist, which is always a woman, Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. that they care too much about work and they just buried in her work. They're buried in their work, and they just can't let someone love them. And because of that, they're missing out on Christmas. This has (laughs) two of the three of those things, and and it is kind of like this, like, um, I think it's intended in the Hallmark times as work isn't what's important. Your family is important, but it does, to me at least, come off as, you know, super ambitious women um, are a problem. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that. It might just be that we're seeing it from Max's perspective, though, too, and he is that traditional grandpa. Like this is a this is a grandpa movie, and he's right, right? He's always right because he's the grandpa. He knows best, and like in the end, he's right because she is sad and lonely. <laughs> like right, but I guess in the perspective, just like taking it, like watching her character, like she but... is this overambitious woman. <laughs> she she lets, um. She she lets her ideas get away from her, and they end up ruining things. And she refuses mm-hmm. to let this man into her life to love her. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end, it ends with like 
her being alone and having nothing like having no one besides her work which is bad essentially well and even even then like her work might end because they well no she's fine because they killed him yeah for sure okay so yeah yeah she's still got her work and even that could be seen as like she she denounced this guy and chose work over a relationship and because of that became a murderer (laughs) yeah she is the first one she is in that meeting the first one to be gung-ho about it like yeah let's kill this guy which is what makes me think it's a sad no hesitation is because she's like yeah yeah i mean i could ask this guy it was as if they said like we should get sushi that's like that's how casual her response is she's like yeah i do like uh california roll yeah that could work like that's how casual their conversation is about we should assassinate our employee should i get some fries for the table yeah (laughs) i got a little Uh, for the table at udev's (laughs) you want a little murder murder you think it should we be bad um oh i know you'll be yeah (laughs) oh i know you'll be in the murder um (laughs) i hope john's doing okay oh god (laughs) me too (laughs) oh i poor john shout out jumbly the the best of us Ah, what a good boy um but yeah yeah (laughs) they do mention it once where the the one guy is like you know we're talking about a capital crime here and then yes that was the the only person who had any qualm was like this is illegal yeah and but then he's pretty fine with it afterwards he's like we know this is a capital crime, right? And they're like, yeah, we know it's a capital crime. And he's like, oh, okay, just want to make sure. <laughs> they're like, well, we're not going to be implicated. Yeah, don't Those worry about it. Those other people worry about will. It. Yeah. Yeah. Now I've got the um, we'll be right back jingle stuck in my head. The first time Howard faints in the office. So so he has, okay, so he has... um. Like a vision in the middle of the night. He has like yes, that's yeah, that someone's that talking to him, freaked me and out. telling him that that he should be this messiah and teach people what's right and what's wrong. Um, there's moral deficit, whatever. So he goes to Max and is like, tells him all this stuff, and mm-hmm. Faye Dunaway is there, and I think Robert Duvall, and they're like perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're they're like seeing dollar signs, you know, and. Max is like, well, he can't go. Like, he's unwell. He can't go on camera. And Max is like, rant, or not Max, Howard is ranting about all of this, all about his vision, whatever, and he just faints, which is what happens every yeah. time he does a show. And he faints, and you can just, it, the camera, like, follows him faint, and you just hear Max go, all right. <laughs> yes, I, I remember not, that. Other people, like... <laughs> oh my god or yeah (laughs) react in a normal way and max is just like okay this guy (laughs) all right he goes and everyone's like is he okay and he went he fainted he's like calm down (laughs) he's fine it made me laugh very hard (laughs) um so did he really have that vision i was confused um i think yes but i think that's how we're supposed to know that he really He's really having, just psych, psycho, psychotic. Like, yeah, like he's had some sort of mental break. Um, right. Yeah. He really 
axed the shit out of those two scenes with the like wide eyes and like convulsing and yes kind of freaky yeah it is (laughs) it is upsetting yeah (laughs) this is the point where i wrote uh holy fuck it's not half over it was only like a third (laughs) of the way through i do i do think that it's very like they do a lot of setup and i think it is because like it's kind of complicated what they're talking about like all this news and also because i think now like millennials especially have so much like showbiz knowledge you know what i mean like that you just say in your everyday life like it's just so much more accessible and like you know whatever um i think back then though this probably was like what are they doing who are those people like how do (laughs) networks work right so i think it's a lot of setup but i think once it gets to the i'm mad as hell and i'm not gonna take it anymore is when when it really picks up and i do love that scene I think, like, the way it escalates is great. His performance is great. Faye Dunaway's joy in that scene as she's running around asking if different cities are screaming. Mm-hmm. Mwah. Perfect. Yeah. And pretty much every time he went on uh, TV before it became, like, a stage show where he's, like, standing and he's, like, a talk sh- talk uh, show host, mm-hmm. I thought he was going to kill himself every time. Like, I was like, oh, this oh. is the one. This is the one where he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Um, But then yeah. once it turned into, like, the real stage production with, like, an audience and everything, I was like, oh, maybe not. See, that's what felt more ominous to me. Yeah, the Him, stage like, show? Standing. That's where it r- yeah. really felt like a Black Mirror episode. For yes. sure. Black, yeah. Black Mirror watchers uh, will will understand. Uh, oh, this is where I said this is just Breitbart. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, we're in the boredom killing business. Yeah, there's a lot of like, Ooh, um, boy, stuff that terrifying. still like a... feels relevant. If anything, things have just gotten more extreme now. Um, yeah, like no, I think we're just closer to what actually was the ending of this movie, like how it escalated. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think there's a line that's we're not a respectable network, we're a whorehouse network and we've got to take what we can get. Um Oof. But yeah. um and it is that thing of like news versus entertainment, what wins? And it is and especially now it's like you have to have both. Yeah. Um and they completely swung by the end they're yeah. not doing news. Like it's just Right. Like in a It's just predicting the future. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's what it really feels like a televangelist being like, so your seed and um, yeah. send me money and blah, 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 like all this crazy <laughs> stuff. So that was the, one of the things that kind of confused me was they started talking about the, uh, not a genie. Uh... Oh, like a, like a, a fortune teller. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's a word for that. I'm losing um, Psychic, maybe I forget what they, they called her like they a her. siren or something. I don't remember what they called her. It was something with an so S. So her name was Sybil, mm-hmm. which is from the Bible. I don't know, but um, very. It's like a witchy name, and but then he Sybil said the uh, Sybil the soothsayer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but. 
when Howard gets on stage, I think for the first time when they when they have the like the new set and it's like he's standing now and he's kind of he's like the televangelist. He says, "I had a sibilic or syllabic syllabic vision." Oh. Which made me think, like, I went on a whole tangent where I was like, so did the psychic, like, come to his house and tell? <laughs> but then I was like, no, they were just no. saying Sybil too many times and it's getting me jumbled. Right. But, well, the other thing that's, like, complicated about this, there's, like, a lot of things that are complicated about this, like, <laughs> it, it, yeah. but um, one of, like, the, like, subplots, I guess, is that. So UBS is the network. It's owned by CCA. Mm-hmm. Um, and CCA is trying to do some sort of deal. Right. Um, which I think is the, just them like acquiring a bunch of other business, yeah. like becoming a conglomerate essentially. Um, yeah, other markets, like smaller markets. Yeah. And he has a vision that this deal is bad and it needs to be yeah. stopped. But CAA is technically All his, his boss. Right. Yeah. He's talking <laughs> mad lose, shit on CCA. They lose their minds. Yeah. Th- <laughs> he's talking on he's talking shit on them for like most of the time he's speaking <laughs> on that show. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, and it only gets worse when they strike a new deal with the Arabs, as they call them. Yeah. <laughs> the seventies. <laughs> He goes all he goes off just saying like the Arabs they own our oil and they own our it's like, yeah okay. it's again it's Alex Jones like um, yeah yeah but he he gets the whole crowd just to chant um, I want the CCA deal stopped and to send yeah. letters to the White House yeah to- um. To Twice Ford. almost assassinated Ford. Ford, uh, the only president to never be elected. Um, what a legend! Well, just because it's because Nixon resigned. Um, true, and he <clears throat> he lost re-election. Um, right, but a legend nonetheless. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the guy who didn't do the work to get the job. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um anyway. Uh oh, so they take him to the CA CCA building. And mm-hmm. I loved that guy. I thought that guy was like all of the performances in this movie are so great. But the like Yeah, because he gives him a fake vision. He starts like talking to him. He like but screams he, he at says, him like, the way he Howard screams at his viewers and he's like and then he like stops for a second and he's like am I getting through to you like is this what yeah. you needed to hear which was kind of terrifying it was yeah. also that scene is lit in such a cool way like the way that scene is set up there's so many lamps on that table but <laughs> the, way, the I felt... way that lighting works is like awesome yeah yeah that was the that was one of the one scenes where I was like my like ears Whoa. perked or my eyes perked up yeah i was like oh yeah okay. this looks Ooh, this right. looks nuts it does look so cool <laughs> but i felt bad for the actor because he's doing this amazing monologue and as he's walking down the side of the table because he's at they're at 
opposite ends, right? Mm-hmm. But then he starts coming towards Howard down the right side of the thing. Well, the camera is following him on the left side of the table, right? So they're both kind of like moving towards Howard. But the camera, it's one of the most interesting shots in the whole movie, is real low. So it's like yeah. uh, the guy is walking in between the all these fucking green lamps, right, mm-hmm. that are on the table. And so we're all, he, like, gets covered up by a lamp, and then he comes back into vision, and then he gets covered up and comes. Well, the poor guy, he's doing this awesome monologue, and he stops for a second. He takes, like, a pause to say some of the monologue. And it's a great part of the monologue, but it just so happened to be one of the points where he's covered up by the lamp. Oh. So you don't see him saying it. You just hear him saying it. And I, I was like, ah. Yeah, I feel like the pacing of this movie is kind of like, like, uh, like up, 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 slow, 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 like speed up, slow down. Like, <laughs> it, yeah. it's it's kind of like really slow, like business talk in between these mm-hmm. really awesome like argument scenes that I think yeah. work really well. Or like nuts uh, scenes like that one where someone's having yes. a vision. Yeah, but like the fight that um. Max has with his wife. Oh. I fucking hate Max. Max can, like, you're the grandpa and you're right, I guess, because you're all anti-corporate, anti-this whole, like, move to be entertainment. But fuck you, Max. Fuck you. But I think that's what maybe makes us, like, think Max isn't the protagonist. Like, I don't know who we're (sighs) supposed to root for because he's, like, objectively terrible in that scene. Like, his wife is being so cool. Yeah, she (laughs) is a fucking queen. Like, she is taking this... I mean, she's she's emotionally distraught, but she is taking it like a champ. She is being... And then she goes... She's taking that fucking high road. She is just laying it down for him. She's She's like, like, we can... I deserve respect. We can work through this. No, but before that, though, she's like, we can work through this, essentially. She doesn't say anything, and then she's just like do you love her? And he goes, I'm obsessed with her. And she goes, well, then just fucking say you love her because I know you do. And then as soon as he does, she like stands up and she's like, you piece of shit. Let me tell you (laughs) all the reasons why you're terrible. Like she spends, he's telling her about this affair he's having with Faye Dunaway. And like, Mm -hmm. she's just like, okay, like I can handle this. All right. And then he says he loves her and she's like, you little piece of shit. Let me tell you what is up. And that's when she says, I'm your wife. Um, if you can't muster up passion, the least you can do, or the least I require is respect and allegiance. Woo. Which, ooh. Ooh. She's the protagonist because she's the yes. one I'm rooting for. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> basically her point is like, you don't have to be in love with me and fine, sleep around. I know you do it. She kind of says like, this isn't your secretary. This isn't someone you met at a conference for a weekend. That's like, that wouldn't yeah. be a problem. The problem is that you're in love with her. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, ooh. Uh, Max, you dumb whore. You dumb fuck, yeah. <laughs> you ignorant <laughs> slut. Yeah, but also, Diana, what the what the hell? Gross. It's gross. What? Sleeping with Max? Yeah. Because <laughs> he's old? Yeah. <laughs> I like how she's like, I'm fine that, that you're old. And then every time they're together, she just points out how old he is. And... <laughs> Like it's, like, like it's like it's like nagging, like she thinks it's gonna turn yes. on or something. 
She's like, you're so old. You're so middle-aged. I do love their first date scene, though, where they're like, she's drinking. She's just like downing that wine. And she's like, she's like, I think I'm too masculine. Yes. She's like, I think I'm too. She says, I've been told I'm bad in bed so many times because (laughs) I'm too assertive and I don't want to snuggle and I want to (laughs) leave. And he's just like, he's like, all right. He's like, yes, and I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's the that's the other thing is uh, whenever they have, con or whenever they have scenes together where it's just them, Max and Diana, um, mm-hmm. they he either doesn't say a word and all she does is talk about work and sex, or he's screaming at her <laughs> about. This is what happens being... when we let women in the workforce. A child and being like having grown up on TV like back in the good old days blah 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 <laughs> um that oh god I did think when they first like um when she goes to him in the beginning is like I want to take over the news division I'm gonna pitch that we make it more entertainment we have um Howard going nuts on TV mm-hmm. and he's like he basically laughs her out of his office and then he's just she's like well what if we made a deal personally like the way she says it i was like are they is this gonna turn into like a like me too situation i was very concerned <laughs> the way that they, yeah. she and it, but it's all coming from her right and she's just like <laughs> she's like no no i want to date you and she even says she's like she goes well where's your wife now and he says, at home. She went, ah, we better go to my place. Mm-hmm. So, like, she knows. She just doesn't care. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's terrible. <laughs> She's the villain. <laughs> uh, um, He's the villain, too. Oh, he... Well, no, he... He's, he's, he's our protagonist. He's just a piece of shit. <laughs> but their final fight... Woo! Is... Listen, if there's anyone <laughs> listening, this movie's a big ask. I get it. <laughs> you probably don't want to watch it. That's that's fine. Just watch the I'm mad as hell scene, which if you look up Network 1976, that's going to come up. Um, mm-hmm. Watch that and watch their final fight because it's so well written. I think it's well directed. Um and it just like I I feel like it's such a great like culmination of their relationship. Mm-hmm. Cause it almost feels like there's two movies going on. Like their affair and then all this insanity that's going on with the network. Mm-hmm. And Diana's the only kind of link. Yes. Um and there's just so many lines in that fight scene and that argument. Every time I say fight scene, I imagine like like the Avengers. <laughs> it's like it's mm-hmm. they're they're arguing. Um, no one no one throws hands. <laughs> no one does any like scissor kicks or anything. Um, are those a thing? Couldn't tell you. Okay, I was like, did I make that up? Am I? No, it sounds real. <laughs> it sounds real, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway. Uh, they're just arguing but it's so like dramatic and well acted and there's so many like 
just lines that cut you like a knife. Mm-hmm. And it's just her being like, you're basically mean like you're an old man and you don't understand what the future of TV is. And him being like, no, you're morally corrupt and you don't understand and... that you're going to ruin people through this. And then him like taking it a step further and being like, and by the way, you personally, like, you're a bad person and you're obsessive about your job. Yeah. And it's and you probably don't you. even like Christmas. <laughs> but that's the thing is at the end of the movie, like the moral of the story is Max is right about all of it. Yeah. Which I mean. Like, and uh, that's why it's a dead movie. I, In the let, end. Me, let me read you some of the some of the lines I wrote, though. So they also, so she's, she's kind of, her thing is like, you're old. She's like, I'm tired (laughs) of, she's like, I'm tired of you. Like, cause it is kind of like a subtle theme in the movie of him feeling like his life is over. He's like, I Mm -hmm. don't have this job anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do now. Am I going to write a book? Old men like me have written these books. No one wants. Oh my God, dude, that, yeah. But that scene right there, he, where he's talking about the book specifically, he does one of the most impressive action things i've ever seen in a film he (laughs) (laughs) he's talking about this book he's like this stupid book i don't even you know want to write a book and then he does a he kicks he kicks the pages he has like a stack of pages on the like the edge of his desk and he clips he clips the pages he's so accurate with this foot of his (laughs) with the with the toe of his foot he just he just kicks just the pages he doesn't kick the desk he doesn't kick anything else on the table he just kicks the pages and they go flying in a very you know i think it's the same uh, scene i think that's the beginning of the fight yeah the fight seems long yeah 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 but it's the part where he's talking about the book i was like oh my god that was impressive (laughs) yeah well and so he's talking about like i don't know what to do with my life um and he even says like i've been to three funerals this week yeah, all uh, my friends like, are either dying or having grandchildren. Having grandchildren. And she's like, well, you're having grandchildren. He's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and she's basically she's basically just like, stop talking about death. Like, I'm tired of hearing that you're old. <laughs> she's like, I get it. You're middle age. Like, there's nothing left for you. Blah, blah, blah. And he says, um, death has suddenly become a very real thing to me with very real features. Yeah, that was, and that I was scared like, me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of like well, when you're when you're this old, you'll also be talking about death because it becomes real to you when all yeah. like your colleagues die. I was like, Ooh. and then she says, uh, she says you're the worst um, fuck I've ever had. But then she says you're not. I've had much worse. She's, and then she he, goes, I, and I then take he it starts back. like, and then he says coxmanship. Coxman's, I wrote Coxmanship down. She says, she's, she's like, I'm sorry that I um, uh, impugned your Coxmanship. And he goes, <laughs> he's like, I'm no longer a young man. I don't uh, yeah. care to compare my anatomy is what he says. Yeah, I stopped comparing genitals in like yes. high school or whatever. Yeah. Or elementary she, school. But I think it's a thing that we talked about in La La Land where it's like they're fighting about one thing, but then you just get flustered and mad. So you're like, I'm going to bring up a bunch of stuff that he knows is going to hurt you because <laughs> that's how people are. They're the worst. Yeah. And, well, and she even realizes it because she said, you're the worst lay I've ever had. And then she's like, 
that's a lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, I can't, that's, a, I can't even go through with it. That's a lie. <laughs> and, and he, she's, she says, I want you, um, does she say that? Or he says it? I think she says it. What's the line? I, I just want you to love me, doubts and all. I think that's him. Okay. But then the response to it is, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's her. So that's her she, response. Yeah, and that was that was hard to watch. That was sad. Yeah, yeah, because um, she is just, uh, she, yeah, she just doesn't know how to do this relationship thing. It's like just one because she even says like she's never really had a relationship. She just has like random people she has sex with, and then hmm. like they don't hang out beyond that. Um, right. And then and then that's when she kind of switches and is like. Because he says, like, why don't you just, like, essentially let me love you? Like, I want to, like, be with you and make this work. And she goes, fine, then stay and we can make this work. And he says, no. And then he has this really long line that ends with, like, everything you and the institution of television touches, is it's destroyed. Yeah. Ooh. And then he goes, and then he says, I love you, kisses her on the and mouth, leaves. and leaves. <laughs> oh, it is such a rough, if, <laughs> could you imagine being bro- broken up with like that? You destroy I... everything you touch. <laughs> you and, the, and your job destroy everything you touch. I love you. <laughs> and then walks into the ocean. <laughs> And then this dumb motherfucker thinks he's going back to his wife and family. Yeah, right. Oh, because he my also ass. has a moment where he says, um, he's like, my wife is depressed and I feel bad about it. And it's like, yeah, Max, yeah. you should. He's like, <laughs> yeah, so much so that my daughter, awful. who just gave birth, flew from San Francisco to be with her. It's like, well, yeah, your yeah. daughter sounds like a nice person. Unlike you, she must have gotten it from your wife. Yeah, this is all your fault. You should you should feel all the guilt and more. He says, and I feel bad about that. It's like, yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> of course. Christ. Oh, he also calls her he calls her uh television incarnate. Your your television incarnate, Diana. Right. Which is funny now. It's funny now because everyone has has grown up on like with TV. Everyone we know has yeah. grown up watching TV. And it does, like, it is your grandpa, but it's also, like, old man yelling out in the street. Yeah. Old man yells at Cloud. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, he's just like, you you kids in your TV and violent video games are causing blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> which, like. <laughs> but I, at, I think this movie's trying to say at the end of the day that he was right. Yeah, I think so too, but it's also like I think the point I think the movie is more trying to say that like no one's no one w- is when when you do things for ratings, you lose reality because you're trying to push things further and further to get viewers, which is yeah. I don't really think what Max is saying. I mean it kind of is he's like it has to be news, it's whatever, but he's more like you people in TV. Like, by the end, his point is just kind of like, TV ruins everything. 
Um, yeah. But I think the actual thesis of the film is like, if you keep pushing things to be crazier and crazier so that people watch, you won't have anything real anymore. Yeah. Specifically when it comes to news. Yeah. So, I had... <laughs> I had like this the movie the ending of this movie kind of broke my brain a little bit. I'll take you on the journey that <laughs> I went on. Okay, great. So the end of this film the end of this film sees uh Howard Beale on stage doing his shenanigans. And mm-hmm. then planned, not uh, unbeknownst to Howard Beale, but but planned by the the network, the terrorist man uh Khan King con con guy stands up he's in the audience pulls out a gun and shoots howard beale in real life in the movie in real life on live television and they show it to everyone Mm -hmm. yes and then we get in the head and the chest and yes heart head heart head that's how that's how john wick does it so two shooters though oh right Right there, he's got a buddy. Mm-hmm. So, and then and then the the voiceover comes back on, and he says, "You know, this is what this is what you get." Essentially, he says, <laughs> "This, this is, is what the happens." First time a man was killed because he had lousy ratings. Yeah, which is funny. <laughs> yes, but I was like, okay, so this whole movie is about sensationalism showmanship uh mm-hmm. entertainment you know getting the views stuff like that they and should how have called this that... the greatest showman <laughs> <laughs> the only way the greatest showman is going to win any award um <laughs> i hate that movie. anyway <laughs> um uh so the, the the whole movie is about the the showmanship and the sensationalism and how like this is leading us down a terrible road, very Black Mirror esque. So that's why maybe for me, someone who grew up on the most sensational bullshit like Star Wars and Marvel and and John Wick, like just like violent and but like also fun and crazy, Fast and Furious this movie was kind of boring right because it didn't have any of that yeah until the end where they show the violence and i was like does that defeat the whole purpose because then they like sit on it there's like a freeze frame and the credits roll and we're just staring at this man who has been shot in the chest and the head and they're they're showing it is it's obviously like makeup like it it doesn't look very good (laughs) it looks pretty bad but they're showing it, and it's just like all this like super violent imagery. But at the same time, they're telling us like, "Oh, sensation! You know, all this violence is gonna get you nowhere." I don't think they're saying. But that, I though. Oh really? I thought that was the whole thing. Well, because she at the beginning, she was thrilled when she uh, started watching the found footage or not really found footage but like the live it's not live either but them the the liberation people Mm -hmm. doing the bank heist and they filmed it themselves like on purpose 
And she was like, no one's ever seen this before. It's like, this is going to get our ratings up so much. And it's, I thought it was because like people want to see violence. People want to see people shoot people. And that's what got their ratings up in the end. I think it's more the news as entertainment than it is about violence. I think it's more of like yeah, um, like any like if you think of like e news sort of thing of like um, paparazzi footage and all of that stuff, like how extreme that has gotten. I think it's the same thing of like, um, yeah, that's true. But news I don't think, it, I don't think or it's like necessarily has anything to do with violence. I think it's more just hmm. like um, turning news into a spectacle. Um, and really, There's a lot I of think themes it's of like, violence though throughout suicide, shooting myself in the head, the Liberation Front, yeah, or the Liberation Army. I think it's like like the like like that's like that's all juicy stuff, you know. I like, I know. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily like like violence is what they're you know freaked out by yeah. or like searching. I don't think they're like saying the way we're going to get ratings is violence. Um yeah, maybe not maybe not just violence, but I think violence is one of the ways that news networks na- now even more than then, but then probably too in the 70s, serial killers, all the rage. Um violence was a big part of getting No, I don't ratings. disagree. But I don't think this movie yeah. is just focused on on violence. So I don't think the ending is like they're doing the you know yeah doing the thing they they hate and i think the ending is supposed to be like like you could watch this movie and think we're watching like we're watching howard buell um descend into madness when really Mm -hmm. we're watching faye dunaway and all of those ceos and execs we're watching them descend into madness is what this movie Mm -hmm. really is like they're the ones who are actually going crazy and by the end commit a crime right yeah and and they really drive him they drive howard beale to madness honestly he seems like he was there uh yeah but one of the reasons he was already there was because he was getting fired yeah i think something else was probably going on though for it to be that (laughs) extreme um but yeah, I don't know. Did that make sense? I don't think it's all about violence. I think it's just about spectacle yeah. on... Like, it's almost like reality TV now is how I guess I think of it. Of, like, we're, we're you know, we're watching this because we want it to be real and we want real life to be crazy um, as long as it's not our own real life. Mm-hmm. And then they take it too far. Yeah. It was just weird to me that it was the only real act of violence that we saw in the movie was right at the end um because yeah, like we don't I mean, see the liberation army doing anything yeah i think that's because it's supposed to be shocking i also think that's because um i don't know if it's done in a really great way but i think we're supposed to be like are they actually gonna shoot him because it's mm-hmm. kind of cross cut of like those guys showing up but we don't actually see their guns till they do it and cross cut between that and the meeting with the execs where they're like we can't really do this. Are we going to do this? Yeah. When they're talking about it. So I think that's why I think it's supposed to be super shocking. Yeah. 
but that's what they're talking about the news trying to do is oh we're gonna be shocking we're gonna have howard beale come on and say shocking things like bullshit right and i think this movie's whole point is um that's fine in a movie but news is supposed to be real like it's fine when it's fake Mm. yeah that's true yeah you might have with that you might have clicked it for me clicked it slotted in a place yeah Mm. um because i think maybe like max's perspective is different than the movie's if that makes sense like what he thinks about the news and what he thinks about what all what all's going on is not necessarily what the movie wants us to take away or how the movie perceives what's going on i think it's like he's on one side fade on on the other side of the movies more in the middle yeah because it is a weird thing like i wrote it's so funny like watching a movie be super anti-tv and essentially anti-media when a movie is media um right and so and they even have those like weird moments where max talks about like oh it's act two and i'm the you know i'm running away from my wife to go off with this lady yeah he says she has so many she already has it planned out how this is gonna go scripts on where we'll end up and yeah there's in in almost every script i end up back with my wife and then he does and then he does. But I think that's why this movie's like well written because it's not very like it's it's complicated, you know. Mm-hmm. I think the movie has a different um perspective than the characters do, which is Yeah. I feel like that's not, not very often. common. I think I think what's more common now is that there is like an audience surrogate who like we see the movie from their perspective mm-hmm. you know like we're kind of we we are them in a way and so we view the, the what's going on in the movie the way they do right um this feels more like max has his perspective um diana has her perspective and we have ours which is like we're viewing what's actually happening right yeah yeah, I guess I just had it in my head or kind of early on that like this movie isn't going to commit any of the sins that they're talking about the news organization committing. Right. Like I thought if they were like my assumption, right, you know how I said like every time he goes on TV, I was like, oh, this is the time he's going to kill himself. What I assumed was going to happen was he would pull out the gun, like put it up to his head and then there'd be a cut and we'd see reaction from like the... Uh, control room people or something right so they wouldn't show the violence so i was just surprised when they did show the violence and i was like hmm but yeah i guess it's it being a movie and and not real is kind of the the crux of the argument right you can't sensationalize the the actual real news (laughs) that's happening yes because that's bad yeah what a uh, like i said kind of boring but boy did it made me made me think yeah which i think is like (laughs) um just a just a typical oscar movie for the most part (laughs) (laughs) yeah although i don't really think this movie's boring um no boring is a strong word 
it does make you think it's so complicated because like there's even storylines we didn't really talk about and i don't like yeah the whole con thing and the communist lady yeah and... yeah there was one funny scene with the con <laughs> where uh-huh. uh he sh- everyone's arguing and he, oh, he, he um he shoots <laughs> but there's this one guy so it's like a bunch of like old white like businessmen in mm. this like kind of a shack of a house <laughs> talking about like what murder they're going to talk about next week and um no it's um it's a contract negotiation er yeah right right, right. uh but he shoots the gun and the one the guy closest to the con did like obviously didn't know it was going to happen no one did but oh, he, falls he gets like chair. super fly- <laughs> he falls out of his chair he's like ah! he does some great acting there where he's like i didn't know it was gonna happen <laughs> right and so he's got like, like this... plaster on his head because like he shot into the ceiling there's fun. like this other um like subplot that's like another liberation army kind of like patty hearst but not the one that kidnapped patty hearst they're gonna give them a tv show as sort of the like antithesis of um uh howard's show and right right. and um so they have all of the like execs and lawyers in their like shack where they meet up where like this liberation army like meets (laughs) and so like they have like a woman and like a beret at the door with like a rifle and um they're going over and it's i mean that scene is like really funny because they're just like holding guns going over like tv contracts and the the woman is yelling because she wants like syndication rights and points like she's like she just wants a better deal and so the the guard comes down the the woman with the i guess it's the machine gun with like the machine gun comes down and it's like who gives a shit about your like syndication like this doesn't matter like i thought we were gonna be changing the world essentially and they all start arguing and then khan shoots his gun in the air and just goes now back to page 25 (laughs) (laughs) but like that's the other um subplot is that they're like planning on expanding and having more um especially inciting more chaos like yeah crazy programming right like having this group of like radical you know probably yeah, criminals well, even... on tv to spread their like message yeah well and they have this weird interaction with um diana and the communist lady yeah because she's a communist but she's not a she doesn't consider herself like a far or like a she calls them ultra left ultra left mm-hmm. radical group right and she's not violent like she's she's just like part of a political party um uh, she's like i don't stand with these people but then Faye Dunaway is like uh i don't care about the political stuff you can put whatever propaganda you want in there yeah I just well, she, want the footage. She's like, I want the ratings. I want you to do crazy stuff. Show me people saying insane things that people are going to disagree with or like whatever, and I'll put it on TV. Yeah. It's it's wild. And then they use them to kill 
Howard, which is like <laughs> most people are yeah. going to jail. They have it. They have their faces on camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they Clear they put day. their own faces on camera when they were doing the bank robbery. Mm. It was those same two guys. Oh, and they do say and that Khan got away. Oh right. Yeah, yeah. They were like Khan, but that was probably escape. They helped him get away. Yeah, the other guy fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got him right um, away. Sec- yeah. Security was on his ass. Yeah. Yeah. What can you do? Do you think... I know we've talked about her character a lot, but do you think she, uh, Diana, is... sociopathic? No. Because... Because she doesn't seem to care. I think about people. I think, um, hmm. I think that since she was like the scripted TV programmer, mm-hmm. like in her mind, like what she's doing is like making non-scripted TV Enter- as entertaining as scripted TV. And I don't think she thinks that Howard has a problem. Because when she first um, comes up with this idea, she doesn't, like, she's like, we'll get him to go on and just tell him to say crazy stuff. Like, she doesn't think he's, like, an ill person or whatever. And I do think that it's... But she's got to realize it by the end that he is mentally ill. Yes, but I think that... Max, that fight with Max is what sets her over the edge. I think the stuff he says to her kind of like, like, I don't think we, that Howard gets assassinated if Max doesn't, if that fight with Max doesn't happen. I don't think she goes along with it. Yeah. I think that was, and that's kind of what he says is he's like, you're going down a dangerous path. And then he's like, and I'm not going to stop you. Tee hee hee. Bye bye. You suck. And <laughs> love you. Um, bye. <laughs> love you. Let me see, say some terrible things about how you're a shitty person and no one will ever love you. <laughs> and you touch everything you touch is destroyed. Um, and then she like, because I think you see like even her demeanor demeanor when you see her in like, she's such an interesting art guys. This movie has a great script. Yeah. Like, when you see her and she's and she acts it so well, like even just seeing her in the different meetings, like how ambitious she is and how excited she is, and then when she's angry, and by the end she seems like defeated. Yeah. When they when they're in that meeting, she's just like, "Yeah, I guess we'll have to kill him." Like it's such a yeah. subtle like change for her, but by the end she just seems broken to me. Yeah. I think she's like a bad person. I think all of them are bad people. Um, except for maybe yeah. Howard. I think he needs help. But Yeah. No, um, yeah. Howard is a super sympathetic Howard's character. <laughs> is exploited. Yes. Um, him and the wife. Only two like oh, good people. The wife. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Oh, she was the one who got uh the nom- the Oscar nom. That was the supporting actress. Oh, That's okay. Beatrice Wonderful. Strait. Yeah, wonderful good because for her. she that scene that she's okay third scene you have to watch that's really that, her that only fight. scene she they're like sleeping and brought in like bright lights and she wakes <laughs> yeah, up and are. is like <laughs> and is like i made oh, you coffee, by the way howard left yeah 
Yeah, yeah, I bet he is. It's 1 p.m. Yeah, oh my god, it is bright as fuck in your room. <laughs> All of your lights are on in the whole house. And he's like asleep, asleep. It made no sense to me. Um, I think... Oh, I, I was just gonna say, I think they're all bad people, and I think it's the, I think, I don't think she's a sociopath, I think she's the point of the film of, like, she becomes corrupt. Like. Yeah, I mean, all the, yeah, all the corporate guys are But I don't think she starts out that way. Evil. I think she starts out as ambitious yeah. and has this idea and then, like, lets it go too far, and then, like, by the end, she doesn't have anyone, and she's like resigned to her fate kind of yeah i only said i uh, sociopath came up in my brain because like she doesn't seem to care about howard's mental well-being she doesn't seem to care about the general like state of the populace because like this can only be bad <laughs> like like max is right in that sense like this is bad for the overall you know health of the nation and then yeah but i don't even know if she thinks about it that way it's like a weird like right. we don't get but her perspective of like we never hear her say like viewers are dumb and they're gonna eat this shit up like true in her mind she could just think it's shit. entertainment she's like people are gonna find this fascinating yeah but she's not that it. dumb she's smart she knows what she's doing yeah i agree i don't know if she knows the extent to which she knows what she's doing i don't think she's i think she cares about max and I think she. Yeah, I guess I that kind of a... breaks the sociopath because you you literally are incapable. Well, and of... and by the end when she, when they're having that fight and she's like, like you kind of see her like crumbling, and I think it's because she knows what she Please did, stay. and I think yeah. there is like remorse there. And when she's like shaking the coffee cup, like I think she's freaking the fuck out because she's like, "What did I do?" Like, yeah. I've messed up in so many ways. Like, I think there is remorse there. Um, and then yeah. Max just, you know, stabs her in the heart a few times. <laughs> that scene <laughs> yeah. is so great. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, do you want to do some rotten reviews? Oh, do I? Um. <laughs> rotten reviews. Doodly do do do. Tonight. Shoot about bow tonight. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, okay. This is from Timothy R. Um, March 4th, 2019. Um, it's hard to take this as satire when the utterly fantastical and preposterous plotline plays it straight without a hint of subtlety. Poorly. Isn't that the. Yeah, I know. Uh, poorly conceived okay. and executed <laughs> and beyond ridiculous, an embarrassment to the film industry. Again, one of those <laughs> movies that make you feel worse having watched it. Two stars. One star, one star. Okay, okay. so... so let's, let's unpack this. There's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot. Okay, so it can't be a satire because it's it's utterly fantastical and preposterous, even though that would... That could be and, satire. And, and they, satire. Pl they play it but straight. But they play well, but like, that straight. Which makes it satire. Like, that's what... But they play it straight without subtlety. <laughs> so you think about that. <laughs> And then, and then they say poorly conceived and executed, which is also how I would describe this review. <laughs> and beyond ridiculous. And beyond ridiculous. It's, sure. an, it's an embarrassment to 
the review to industry. the Rotten Tomatoes industry. <laughs> Again, it's one of those reviews that make you feel worse having read it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I think Timothy. it's supposed to make you. I think uh, back back to the back to the. I think you're supposed to feel. Film. I think you're supposed to be like, ooh, the world is gross. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's what they were going for, for sure. For yeah. Sure. This isn't like a warm and fuzzy movie. Yeah. Not at all. Again, Black Mirror. Black Mirror makes you feel like shit after every. But episode. if it was, if it was a Hallmark movie, which I know I've pointed out the similarities, at the end she would quit her job and she would be like, you know, it's more important for me to be with my family on Christmas, and I shouldn't right. have been mean to you. I love you. Leave your wife then... again, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave your wife again. She can handle it. It'll make her stronger. Yeah. She's a queen. Okay. <clears throat> um this this review just um it puzzled me, frankly. <laughs> okay. Okay, Lena? this is from Lena L. Um Lena? November 23rd, 2014. Um we were in college. As timely as ever, very fitting to today's media world. Even though it was made in the 70s, cold and calculating people, exploitation of personalities for cash and ratings and show business could have been made today only with a bit more nudity. Smiley face. Two stars. Lena, I think I think you liked it. I don't think you meant to give it two stars. <laughs> Lena? You know, two stars is like four out of ten, it's right? It's low. It's low. It's a low score. It's, it's not a, yeah, a great score. It's not a great score. Could have been made today, only with a bit more nudity. Lena. Smiley face. Not I even a like, winky honest, face. Like She's happy. <laughs> she's excited like, about the possibility you... of a remake. Huh? 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 What do you guys think? I also, though, I kind of feel like the 70s like had more nudity like mm. like 70s and 80s like there was a there was a they you know, were comfortable you know in, in every in every like sure. action movie all <laughs> right <laughs> just for fun yeah <laughs> just because you know just because um, just because and okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> i'm gonna I imagine this, okay, this is by Delene Delane M, June 4th, 2012. And I just want you to pick, this is how I'm picturing her. Just like, okay. like writing this at a local um, coffee shop. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then just like the epitome of a hipster. Yeah, not a Starbucks. Absolutely. No, local. Not a Starbucks. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, ethically sourced uh, coffee. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, as local aviators. as you can get. Yeah. yeah. Aviator glasses. Okay. I downloaded this because it is Paul Thomas Anderson's favorite film. It was so dry and disappointing. How did it reach seminal status? Because I only watched half of the movie before switching it off. I'm giving it half a star. Half a half star. A star. <laughs> But just the, I downloaded it because it's Paul Thomas Anderson's favorite film, and it sucks. <laughs> huh. This is one of those one of, one of those uh, 
Paul Thomas Anderson hipsters. Sure, right, right. She was she. It it, it had to be a hard moment for her as a hipster. You know what I mean? Because yeah, Paul know, Thomas she... Anderson, she looks up to him oh. as a hipster god. Yeah, she was like her and her friends like. You know, she, like, walks around with all her friends and goes, I drink your milkshake, and they all, like, laugh really hard. One of those Paul Thomas Anderson hipsters. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I've abandoned my boy. You know, they all, they're all doing that joke. <laughs> it's a very specific joke for specific people. <laughs> but in 2012, yeah, 2012, that's, um, early for yeah also uh, note note the uh the u in favorite the british oh, spelling they're of british favorite? Well, honestly i think they're american or they're american <laughs> and and using the british spelling yeah i think that fits yeah. this character we've created <laughs> yeah also i like how she says i downloaded this yeah she's like uh, illegally i bought delane she's like i no i think she's like you know, Wi-Fi wasn't everywhere at this time, and she probably didn't have, like... This was before Unlimited Data Days, which I yeah. think we can all agree, dark days. Dark, right. dark days. Well, yeah. when you got that text from your mom that said, you've gone over on our data. Ooh, dark days. <laughs> A text I received every month. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I was in high school and just, uh, you know, on Tumblr all day. Yeah. I I think that she probably like bought it on iTunes. And then like oh, downloaded okay. it and to then her downloaded iPod. It. To, to her, her iPod. Yeah, it's just gonna her iPod classic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her iPod classic. Um and watched it in the coffee shop. Right. Just as like, Scorsese you know? intended. Like, Do you know how many um <laughs> As Paul Tosanison rolls in his grave, he's not dead. But um, <laughs> I think she was like, do you know how much space this took? How many gigs this is on my iPod? Yeah, five out I of th- I, 16. I couldn't get, I had to delete Cube Runner because <laughs> I wanted to watch this movie and I only watched half of it. I'm like, now I don't even have the Wi-Fi to re-download. My Temple Run high score, it's gone. Ooh. It's just gone. Ooh, I would never delete Temple Run. I got to keep that high score. Ooh, that's <laughs> all I did in my math class. <laughs> <laughs> and recently I had to do a math for a design project I was working on, and I could not figure it out. <laughs> 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 to be fair, someone gave me the wrong dimensions. Um, it wasn't actually ah. me, but I I did sit there with like four numbers, being like, "How does this work?" For a how very do long I? Time. And because I'm bad, what at do math, I didn't put trust over myself. what? <laughs> didn't trust myself to be like <laughs> they wrote this down. Like these are they did the math wrong. Um, I was like, it must be me, and I must be missing something. Anyway, not important. <laughs> I wonder where Delane is now. Ugh. I bet she's like. Um, <laughs> Yelling at anti-maskers on Twitter. Yeah. I think that's where she yeah. is now. That makes and, sense. Especially you know Twitter. The t- oh, she's on Twitter. Like, she's not on Facebook. She's not on Facebook. <laughs> no. Oh, no. She deleted her Facebook. She was like, fuck She was Mark the Zuckerberg. first person in the world 
She was the first person in the entire world to delete Facebook. Yes. Oh, my God. And she is just, like, watching Phantom Thread over and over again and (laughs) just yelling at people on Twitter. She puts she puts those mushrooms in her in her coffee in her locally sourced coffee to make herself sick, like in Phantom Thread. Oh, okay. But it's she self, definitely it's like self-care. listens. It's self care. She listens to the Phantom Thread soundtrack like while she works out. Oh my god! Yeah, it's a great soundtrack. I don't. I don't it is blame a great her. <laughs> no, I get it. Um, I always I like to refer to Paul Thomas Anderson as Maya Rudolph's husband. Oh yeah, yeah. As he's more well known, yeah. um, that is a nuts relationship, by the way. Why? Just because just... he seems so dark and angry and yeah. weird, and <laughs> she seems like a delightful. And she's person. just so... <laughs> and weird, but in a different way. Yeah. Like I, I like to I imagine, imagine that in them real having life, a conversation. He's more like he's more like her because I don't want to imagine her like him. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I did. I did. I did hear. I drink your uh, milkshake. I drink it up. I did hear a podcast, uh, <laughs> the A twenty four podcast with Paul Thomas mm. Anderson on it, and he was mm. he, he seemed like a nice guy. I would. I would have to. I hope that I think Maya Rudolph is like the the epitome of like like all good things. You know, I think she's just yeah. like great. Um, yeah. and so I hope that he's also great because they want her to have a nice family life yeah so i would that's my assumption um what was that one paul thomas anderson movie with um with joaquin phoenix um inherent vice yes (laughs) that movie was crazy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly <laughs> Ooh. Oh. that and like is it oh. the master Paul Thomas Anderson too don't know on that one with Philip Seymour Hoffman and Amy Adams Philip Seymour Hoffman coming up again love to see I it I saw dude. him perform live really yeah what was he doing Um, he was playing Willie Loman in Death of a Salesman on Broadway. Oh. And Andrew Garfield was Biff. Wow. And I went to see it, and a lot of famous people were in the audience. Is this the... This is this is the thing that we don't have. We're not oh. going to get into. Okay. Um, I do have a, a, a short film on YouTube about it. Um. <laughs> anyway, um, this is this is the Owen Wilson thing. This is the Owen Wilson story. Okay, okay. <laughs> A dark time in my childhood. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> the master is weird as fuck. Uh, I think it is Paul Thomas Anderson. Okay. Maybe he just gets all his weirdness out in his films, and then is like a delightful guy in. <laughs> he did Prison. seem really like genuinely nice in the in the interview. I think that's great. I mean, I think yeah, he's he's a talented man. Yeah, well, and the other the two guys he was talking to were uh, horror directors, 
but like Ooh. the horror the horror like hereditary the Ooh. lighthouse midsummer the ones that are like horror movies but also considered like good movies mm-hmm. like unlike most horror movies um and those two guys they also also seemed uh wonderful i just think it's so weird when people write such like crazy shit like directors i guess to me is different but i'm also a writer's movie that's why but like like when people write such dark and insane stuff it makes me be like how in person what are you (laughs) like what what kind of person are you yeah because like my job is reading people's scripts and sometimes i get one where i'm like you can't be a normal person like there's something going on for you yeah. to have thought of this, and I like. Well, yeah. yeah. I hope, uh, like, I hope they're okay. You know what I mean? Yes. The, the I mean, some directors. of them are like. Yeah, I mean, and I, ha- I truly haven't gotten like, a horror movie, in a while. Mm. Um, which, thank God, because, um. I don't like that genre, but uh, mm-hmm, I'll probably mm-hmm. have like four of them this week. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I feel like like a lot of horror stuff is like just copying some something else, and that like mm-hmm. makes makes sense. Like that person's probably like whatever when you watch like Midsummer, which obviously I haven't seen, but I I know all about it. I um yeah, you're just like oh, how'd you get to here? How'd you- How'd you think of that little number? Oh. Anyway, we have one more review. This is a real one. Yes, the good one. Writer Patty Chayefsky and director Sidney Lumet were only two of the diamonds in what was belatedly discovered to be the glittering crown of live TV in the early 50s. Uh, Chayefsky wrote dozens of scripts. Lumet directed hundreds of shows. Both, I think, have every reason to be appalled by the sterile jungle that TV has become. They know the power of the medium, its ability to influence minds, and they are also aware of the behind-the-scenes power plays to control this medium for corporate profit and private gain. Um, and that is the at least one theme of their network, which is certainly most provocative and abrasive movie since All the President's Men. No performance is less than brilliant, with Dunaway particularly effective in the film's showiest role. Holden, Finch, and Duvall, as always, contribute bedrock-solid performances, and Owen Roisman's shadowy photography gives the film a unique look and style. And that's Arthur Knight, and it's the Hollywood Reporter's original review that came out in 1976. Hell yeah. Uh, Yeah. Most provocative and abrasive movie since All the President's Men. That's high praise. High praise. Yeah. They love, people love this movie. Oh, wow. Paul Thomas Anderson um, loves this movie. <laughs> Delane. Um, Delane. <laughs> she's pissed. <laughs> but uh, I didn't know the little backstory about uh, Chayefsky and Lumet being like stewards of TV. Of kind live of like TV, a, right? Um, yeah, like a write what you know kind of thing. This is their like their thing, you know. Right, and I and I think like I think that's why them saying it wasn't a satire makes no sense because it does feel like them like it's a sat like it is a satire. 
Yeah, it's like, obviously taking aim at yeah at what they perceive to be the problems with the industry. Right. What would you give it? I hate going first. Um, you know, <laughs> I I like this movie. I don't think it's the most entertaining film you're ever gonna see, but I think it's really well written. It really makes you think. Um, it's very complex, and I think the acting, which has always been the reason that it's been shown, when I've seen it in film classes, it's always been because of the acting. Um, the acting is right. like it's amazing. And, um, like, those three scenes that I kept mentioning are, are totally worth watching. I don't know if right now in this state of movies, if it's, like, I mean, like, I, I was, like, Tyler, you have to see this. But I don't know if I'd be, like, to one of our other friends, you have to see this. <laughs> right. Because um, you, you have no choice. Uh, and right. so <laughs> I... I think I would give it, man, this is hard. I think I'm going to give it 6.75 out really? of 10. Okay. Yeah, because I was stuck between we'd be going higher. 6 and 7. Man, now I'm like, should I have gone higher? I think I think that's where my heart, <laughs> where my heart lies. Okay. You know, I'm, you know what? I'm going to say 7. Okay. I'm going to say 7 because I think... I think those three scenes, um, the fight with Faye Dunaway and Max, the fight with Max and his wife, and um, the I'm mad as hell, whatever, are like, mm-hmm. like the epitome of like perfect scenes to me. Mm-hmm. You know, for different reasons, but like they're all like beautifully written and enacted, and, um. Like, even just watching them, I was like, wow, this dialogue's amazing. And it made me want to, like, write dialogue. And I would say to, like, any writer, you should watch this for dialogue alone because it does feel very natural. And, like, Mm -hmm. it escalates in a really nice way. Like, those scenes are just perfect. And I really like other scenes in the movie, too. So I I will say seven. How about you? Um, I would probably also give it a seven. Okay. Pretty much for all the same reasons. Uh, I think the writing and act, well, the writing of the dialogue and the acting were pretty phenomenal. Um, I thought the directing was probably what I found boring for the most part. There were a few standout scenes, like that scene with the with the lamps and everything, mm-hmm. but um, I found it a little bit visually boring. Um, but that's super personal preference kind of thing. Um, the lack of a score was kind of weird to me. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of brought the, like, I think it could have been a lot more emotional at times mm-hmm. if it had something going on musically. But I would not say it's a bad film at all because it has phenomenal aspects and, it really did made make me think about stuff. <laughs> I was, this was like thinking the most in like, circles. Um, like almost philosophical episode we've had. Yeah, intellectual. Like really getting very... into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is an eternal which sunshine. I like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I really like that. Um. 
I think maybe Eternal Sunshine does the enter- entertainment factor a little bit better, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think it's also what I was saying about, like, you and older styles of movies. Yeah, I get Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I kind of... Like, Eternal Sunshine does have more effects and, like, a faster way of editing where, like, that wasn't really yeah. going on. Yeah, that's true. I, but even I uh, dunked on Eternal Sunshine a little bit for its. Yes, I, I remember. But I also style. just like, I think you want a newer style. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, what that's why to I you. feel like I. Yeah, I Which find is why myself. I think you haven't really seen a lot of these movies. Would be my be. one of my guesses. Yeah. You need the force. <laughs> but that's. Um, that's why I've been liking these movies that are new that harken back, right? Like even like something like La La Land, it harkens back to old filmmaking and stuff, but it has a very new, fresh look to it, you know? And there's, yeah. I feel like a, a, there's a lot of movies like that these days, and those are kind of like, ooh, ooh, I like that, because it's got the old-timey feel, but it's got the new timey you know 4k and shit (laughs) so um yeah i don't know we're gonna i'm gonna keep making you watch these old movies no no i want that's the whole point yeah heck yeah because i do think you like like i do think this this movie like um like you you, like you learn something from it sort of thing Mm -hmm. even beyond like the point of the film like i was saying like um I feel like watching it made me be like, oh, I should fix that dialogue in that scene I was writing because, like, this way they're doing that makes more sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You just got film For school. Sure. now. Tonight. I'll show myself out. Um. <laughs> but, yeah. Courtney, do we have a movie planned for next week? Um, No. Okay. Stop asking. <laughs> i did watch twilight this week so if you want if we could watch that <laughs> uh i'll have you know i um have not seen any of them uh i saw part of the first one mm. at at a sleepover where i was the only boy that's that sounds like that sounds great that feels right. Yeah. Um, you know, I watched the first one, um, like over Zoom with my best friend from high school, and like, mm-hmm. it was the most fun. It was the most. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Like laughing hysterically, but also being like, I sincerely love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like this is the dumbest uh, thing I've ever I seen, ass- and also the best thing I've ever seen. I assume you have nostalgia for it. Yeah, of course. Okay. Of yeah, yeah. course. Uh, team affiliation? Oh, my God. People who are Team Jacob are so stupid. That makes no Whoa! sense. There is no there is no room for you to be Team Jacob in my mind. He's just some weird fucking <laughs> interloper who doesn't belong. Um, oh, wow. And he, and he like... <laughs> He kisses Bella like, fo- like he like forces himself on Bella, and she punches him in the face. Good, God, and I then love. Then she breaks her uh, hand. Uh, I love Kristen Stewart. 
Oh my god, me too. And she's, oh, it's uh, it's also there's so many good actors giving so, you know, mediocre performances, (laughs) but. God, we should watch those movies, like, just as a little break. <laughs> fucking Robert Pattinson, uh, Kristen Stewart, fucking... Amazing, they're both great actors. Um, Anna Kendrick? Oh, my God, Anna Kendrick, by the way, though, is consistently great in all of them. Like, she's oh, barely really? in them, okay. but when whenever she's in them, it's like a breath of fresh air, because she's really, she's, like, a really great actress. That's like, because Anna Kendrick is one of the best, like... She can just sell it. Um, she's amazing. But... I, watching the first one, like Kristen Stewart is so, um, I thought I hit my mic, is so young. Like I think she was mm. 17 when they were filming. Yeah. So she's like a like an actual teenager and she looks so young and like it's such a, the first one literally had no budget and was like an, like an indie essentially, <laughs> which is why it looks really weird and like the like effects are crazy and then the second one, they like... It looks better, but I think they wanted to stay consistent with the first one. So then they have like a huge budget, but it still looks like shit. And it's so, <laughs> it's so amazing. And and Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson like are committing so hard, but the script is so bad. Like it's yeah. just, there is something so like beautifully terrible about it. And, but also like just great. Like I just can't even, it's so, I had such a fun time watching it this weekend. I laughed so hard that I cried. I also was like, wow, I want them to make out more. Like, I'm into it. Like, I'm into this film. <laughs> and. <sighs> Courtney, I want you to know. Yeah. This, these, these emotions and feelings you have for Twilight <laughs> are the exact same feelings and emotions I have for the Star Wars prequels. Oh, okay. Then I can, then I can get on board. If I watch the prequels, will you watch Twilight? Yes. But that was easy for me because I'm I've already been interested in watching Twilight. The nostalgia, exactly the same. The laughing so hard you're crying because it's so dumb and such bad dialogue, exact same. Right. The actors, great actors like fucking Ewan McGregor and Natalie Portman. Love. Just they have a scene together. So Ewan McGregor and Natalie Portman have a scene together in the third Star Wars prequel, the final prequel. And it is the one of the most dramatic scenes because her husband has just turned to the dark side, killed... These are spoilers. Anyway, they are having this emotional thing. He is the guy's master, whatever. Mm-hmm. They are having this emotional scene, and the dialogue is so goddamn melodramatic. It's awful. They're trying so hard, and they can't, like, these incredible actors can't, like, overcome the dialogue. They can't, like, make it good. Yeah. It's it's terrible. Well, it's also, like, the direction. Like, it's just, like, a perfect storm of, of, of yep. like... Of mediocrity. And I also will say, even if you don't have nostalgia for Twilight, like, there are parts of it that are, like, comically bad that I think you would still enjoy it. And there are parts yeah. of it that I think are, like, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, and for me, the with the Star Wars prequels, is that it the ideas behind the dialogue, behind the melodramatic mm-hmm. bullshit, are, like, actually really good and cool and interesting ideas, like the arcs that these characters go on and stuff like that, so. Ugh. 
the only here's what i'll say about about twilight is the only thing i don't like about it is that it reminds me of who i was in middle school (laughs) (laughs) and i don't i don't like that person so sure that's the only thing that every time i watch it i'm like god you suck (laughs) (laughs) um Uh. but once i get beyond that um Mm -hmm. Just yeah, it is really... cinema. <laughs> you can just really let it flow. Oh, the wigs are so bad. It's oh, <laughs> man, I'll, I might watch it right now. <laughs> I've heard people talk about the later movies. Like I get the first movie, right? Vampire mm-hmm. girl, yeah. human girl. Yeah, relationship. He's Wolf comes he's seventeen, but he's also one hundred and seven. Yeah, yeah. I get the rapey aspects of that, and he's but a then. Okay, maybe didn't know that part. <laughs> Very interesting. I'm so sorry. Spoiler. <laughs> wow. He's like a hundred and seventeen year old virgin. <laughs> oh my god, this. Could... Have you have you seen uh, what we do in the shadows? No. The TV show. So Taika Waititi. Oh, I need to see so... it. I really want to. Don't spoil anything. It's okay. I won't. The the movie is fantastic the tv show is phenomenal yeah that's kind of what i've heard but i can't believe like maybe it's it's oh well maybe it's definitely because uh taika waititi is just too old to have seen the twilight movies okay (laughs) but i feel like if taika waititi was like our age making what we do in the shadows he definitely would have included a joke about being a 117 year old virgin (laughs) Because he died when he was 17. And that's like, that's honestly like a big plot point in the third and fourth books. That's so I'm sorry, funny. Ask your, ask your um question about. No, it's not really a question. It's just okay. I've heard details here and there of what, what happens in the in the later books. And it, sure. it baffles me. There's a whole world there. They really mm-hmm. tried to build out that lore. What are you referring to? All the relatives that get involved, the baby, the the people, mm, yes. The, there's like different factions now of of vampires. Well, we're gonna have to put in the show notes. Like we just start talking about Twilight <laughs> for the last <laughs> twenty minutes. Uh, it, this is probably people want to hear more about Twilight than they do Network. Let's be honest, but. Um... <laughs> Well, they always say that there are other vampires out there from the beginning. Mm, mm. That they are just like, they're a... Um, a clan. A clan. And yeah. they refer to themselves as a family. And they have like family dynamics. Mm. And that they don't kill humans. And that's what's different. About, they like drink animal blood. Um, right. Right. The other clans are out there though. They're always like, they're they're there, but we don't... They like In the first book, they run into another clan. And that's where like the um action sort of comes in uh yeah but drama drama. intrigue but the whole but the the third book is basically bella being like i want you to take my virginity and edward's like wow (laughs) edward's like um okay (laughs) but we have to be married first and she's like, okay, well, oh, 
he doesn't want to turn her into a vampire because he thinks she'll lose her soul. And he he's like, hey, I don't want to turn you into a vampire. Um, like, whatever. And she goes, well, I, I want to lose my virginity while I'm still human. And he's like, that seems like a bad idea. Um, but we had to be married first. Because the person who wrote it is Mormon. And so there's a lot of really... Um, wow. Like, <laughs> christian themes i would say and so holy god okay and like there's a whole scene where he's like i don't want to take your virtue virtue yeah okay i mean they were halfway there they said half the word virginity just no he's like i don't want i don't want to i don't want to um like i'm not he he basically is like i'm not I'm not going to have sex with you unless we're married. Is like the okay. end of the third book. <laughs> and then... The... And then... Um, so she's just horny for the first three books? Yes. Oh my god, they don't have... Oh my god, they don't have sex until they get married in the fourth book. And then... Man, it's like... Yeah, they're so horny the whole time. But he's like really strong. And he's like, I can't... I'll, you know, kill you. Because I won't be able to control myself. And she goes, no, you won't. Superman and Lois situation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so they get married. And then on their honeymoon, that's the fourth book, is they're like on their honeymoon. He kills her. And they... Oh, yeah. (laughs) That'd be so funny. (laughs) No, he... (laughs) Even worse, um, he gets her pregnant. No, I know about the baby. Yeah. And then then it's a vampire. It's killing her. But, um, yeah, it's gross. But um, he... Like, they have... They have sex for the first time and she's like real into it and he like mm-hmm. bruises her and like breaks the bed <laughs> and like rips open a pillow or something and so then he's like he's like we can't have sex anymore because i could have hurt you and she's like but it's our honeymoon <laughs> i'm 18 and he's like no no yeah but i'm putting a stop to this and so then <laughs> I don't even care if this is in the podcast. I'm having so much fun describing Twilight to you. <laughs> Tyler's face right now. <laughs> he is flabbergasted. So then she has like a sex dream about him. And how many books in is, is that? Four. There's only four. And oh, is okay. on the honeymoon and is like crying. Wait, up crying. are there five movies? Yes. No reason for it. <laughs> Oh my god, I thought it was four movies total. No, it's it's five. five feature films. Wow, okay. That is correct. So she like wakes up crying and he's like, did you have a nightmare? And she's like, no, it's a good great dream. I'm crying because it's over. Like, you're my husband and you want to have sex with me. And so then they have sex again and he's like, oh, it's fine. I didn't hurt you this time. But it was the first time because he was a virgin, so he couldn't. He couldn't control himself. He had been pent up for a while. Uh, he was a hundred. He was a hundred and seventeen. You know, the and old blue balls, <laughs> ice cold because he's a vampire. <laughs> and then, and then she like finds out she's pregnant, and it like happens really quickly. <sighs> and then someone thinks that they turned a baby into a vampire. So like someone thinks they bit like a baby, and that would be bad because then it would be like a, an uncontrolled thing. So, like, the vampire leaders mm. come to be like, hey, you shouldn't have done that. And there's, like, a big and battle And then they scene, play like, baseball. 
No, that's the oh. first movie, and that scene's great. I've seen parts of that first. Uh, that that scene's that, so uh, fun. Scene. Yeah, and then, um, but like the fourth, the fourth and fifth movie, the fourth book is just like Edward and Bella finally married, just fucking all over the place. <laughs> um, and it's great. So I can okay, I finally. <laughs> This is my dream to, like, <laughs> describe Twilight to you. I'll answer any questions you have. I th But I, ju I think I finally understand how we got from Twilight to Fifty Shades of Grey. Because as we all know, Fifty yeah. Shades of Grey fan fiction of Twilight. Of Twilight. This yeah. was Edward and Bella, and then she changed the names eventually and turned it into a multi-million dollar franchise. Right. There is. I finally like get it. I was like, at, be, before I knew these details about the 117 year old virgin starring Steve Carell, I, I was like, where these two children are just in love? Why are they, you sexualizing? They are. It? But it was but it already. Is, it is a lot about. It sex was already like, sexualized. I haven't. I don't know that much about Fifty Shades of Grey. I've seen the first movie, but there is. She does make a point of like, I'm a virgin of the first movie. Holy fuck! So now that makes sense. But it is Twilight is a lot about like. There's also like, like parts of Twilight that feel like, um, like uh, Edward's controlling her, and it's maybe it like it kind of you could like perceive it as like an abusive relationship. Mm. Mm. Hmm. Much, I don't, much like Dorian Gray. I don't like to think of it that way. No. Because um, well, you're Team Edward. You're biased. Well, I mean, <laughs> Jacob's the worst. Oh my, the worst <laughs> book is the second book because it's like half of it's told from Jacob's perspective. <gasps> Did you read Wait, that's not the true. pomegranate? Is that true? No, yeah, Midnight no. Sun. Um, yeah. I haven't, but you know what? When it was first leaked... All those years ago, I read mm -hmm. it. Oh. But I don't remember it, and I kind of think I should read it. I feel like sure. I owe it to, like, 12-year-old me. Yeah. But also, again, don't like that person, so maybe I don't. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that... Are the mo are the books in first-person point of view? Bella? Yes. Mm-hmm. So there's eyes and me's and my's For going sure. On. For sure. Oh, interesting. I will say that's what makes the books work better than the movies. Even the movies do have voiceover like like pulled from the books. It just it there's just not a lot. Okay. The the books though you can actually see like oh, I understand how she's feeling at this point and and why she's okay with this. The movies you're like, "What? Bella, you you what? find out <laughs> you find out your boyfriend's a vampire and you take him to the woods?" To ask him about it? <laughs> Away from all people where he can kill you? So he, you idiot. So he can murder you? You go, I'm going to confront this vampire about being a vampire. I might as well take him to a remote location in the middle of the forest. Mm -hmm. Bella like makes no some crucifixes or garlic. Poor choices. Sounds like it. Sounds like it. How interesting, though. Yeah. How interesting. New Moon. New Moon is the one about the werewolf. That makes sense. New Moon. Yes. 
And oh. New Moon's boring because it's mostly Jacob because Edward's gone. So then, so then this book switches perspective. It is I, from the point of view of Jacob. I honestly can't I mean, remember. I know in the third okay. in the in the fourth book that it does switch. To whom? To Jacob. Oh. So maybe that doesn't happen in the second book, but the second book's like all about Jacob. Yeah. Like that's when they get close because Edward leaves. Right. Edward's little fuckboy and leaves. But sure. Yeah. But the fourth book for sure, it's part Bella's perspective. And then when she's like pregnant and dying, it's Jacob's Switches perspective. To... Which, by the way, what a terrible message to send to young girls. Like, um, don't get married, don't have sex, don't have kids because they're going to kill you. Like, sure. <laughs> you're. Well, and you think with all the Mormonism and Christianity going on, you'd think that like it would be like, yes, have kids, have 17 of them, also get married first, you know. Well, it is get married in first. A, in a church. They don't get married in a church. They get married in the woods? On the baseball field? Where? They get married in, they get married in a wooded area, yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, my. Courtney, if people wanted to follow you on the internet, where would they go? I'm Team Edward 45 at... <laughs> I was just going to say Twilight Tweets 405. Yeah, no. Um, uh, Cordal Hall. If you have any yeah. any um, hot Twilight opinions, please DM me. <laughs> yeah. Please, please tweet at me. I'd love to discuss. I'm actually going to go rate them on Letterboxd. Give them all five stars. <laughs> And I am at Tyler's New Groove on Twitter and Instagram. If you'd like to keep up with the show, uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FilmSchooledFM. Woohoo! Heck yeah. Um, yeah, so we will keep you updated on the movie for next week. Uh, and maybe there will be a guest. Who's to say? Yeah, who knows? But yeah, very exciting things. Alright. Watch Twilight. Next time on Twilight. Twilight cast. On the Twilight Twi- cast. Yeah. The Twi Ooh, the Twi Pod, because they called Twilight fans Twi Hards, which is terrible, but Oh on the Yeah. The Twi Pod. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that at all. Anyway. If you'd like me to start a Twilight podcast, please tweet at me. <laughs> Cordal Hall. Yeah, Court L. Hall. All right. See you next time. And And cut. cut. Tonight. Tonight. Also, if you're Team Jacob, just, like, stop fucking listening right now. We don't want you here. (laughs)